With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. is picked up and that is dispatched so very well from this wonderful young talent Shimron Hetmeyer Hero Maximum and his second 50 of this CPL you know what I call that shot Bish cocky that is a cocky shot ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 47 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast I'm your host Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt I'm not starting with co-host today because, unfortunately, Santoki cannot be with us today. So it's me on my ones. Um, so I can't do the, the usual intro that you're used to. So I'm going to go straight, straight into it. If you're watching on the visuals, you can already see who's with us. If you're listening on the audios, let me do the big introduction. Today on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, we have the next big thing. Shimron Hetmeyer. <laughs> Those of you who have followed our podcast for the longest while will remember that or might know that I wrote an article back in 2019 and I said that Shimron was the next big thing in West Indies cricket. And here we are nearly three years later and we're interviewing Shimron on the podcast. Shimron, absolute pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? Uh, it's a pleasure's all mine. Um, so far, I'm, I'm all good. Not too long. I'm back from training, actually. So I'm just just waiting here to, to, to enjoy the podcast as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, we're going to cover... Do you know what, Shimron? Pff, boy, I believe that you might be the most talked about West Indian <laughs> cricketer there possibly is. Um, when, we, when we told the followers, fans, supporters that Shimron Hetmeyer's coming on, I've never seen the amount of questions for any other cricketer that we've got, we've got on before. So um, you, you've certainly got a fan base, Shimron. Whenever your name's mentioned, um, people are interested. But you know what, Shimron, we're going to get straight into it. Um, obviously, for those who are listening, watching, etc., Shimron joins us um, after West Indies have levelled up the, the ODI series um, versus Australia, 10 crucial points in the ODI Super League. Um, and he's given us some time today to just talk through all things Shimon Hetmeyer. But Shimon, I'm going to actually start here um, because I don't know how many people actually know this. Like I say, so many people have so many things to say about you, but you're the best person to speak on yourself. So Shimon, this is an open-ended question to start off with, but who is Shimon Hetmeyer in your own words? Uh, in my own words, uh, that's uh, I'll probably have too much to say, really. But um, <laughs> basically, a fun guy to be around. Really, you could uh, you could even find out from Dario. I'm always always laughing, always smiling. You know, always ready to to basically ch- change the the mood of the team. Really, I'm just that type of person. You know, I I hear that totally, and I think um, that that description that you've given can probably be seen in in just how you are uh on the cricket field etc um you certainly come away uh, come across um the way that you've described but um santoki my co-host um we we're speaking before we we started recording and um, i was telling you that he's guyanese and his family in fact um hail from Berbice in guyana which is why 
he was so excited to want to be part of this, but uh, due to um, circumstances, he cannot be here uh, today. But um, we're going to go straight there. Let's let's go into to to you coming up through the game, um, Shimron, because everyone knows you as the trailblazing batsman that you are today. But if you can, how did you actually come through? Um, and we're talking. I'm not talking 2019 World Cup. I'm saying go back way before that. I'm talking picking the game up at school, getting noticed. How did it actually happen for you? For me, it was family first because um, at the time my brother was playing um, and uh, I basically fell in love with the game through, through watching him play and, so, and stuff like that. I really tried to, that's really where I developed the love for the game. I started to go out and play it a little bit more. And at first I was pretty scared of the ball because it used to hit my hand quite hard. So I was a little bit scared of the ball to start. But as I got into it more, I started to develop the likeness for the game and, and keep practicing, on, keep going to training, keep practicing. And I guess from then on, it really took off. I really started to pay more attention to it. And even even at school, I had massive problems with it because I, really, I wasn't really focusing on schoolwork as much as I was on the game itself. And um, it really came at the point where at one at one time I had to choose in between cricket and schooling. And luckily for me, I, I chose cricket and it actually worked out for me. And um, I had a lot of support. Well some support growing up. I had some support from the, my, my brother, some some outside support as well. And um, it was really, for me, start, starting off, it was basically my brother, someone that I really, that I followed after when he went to training and stuff like that. That was really it. When did you first start to be noticed? So when you look back now, you're, you're 24, what age would you say that you started to... Sorry, let me rephrase that. What age did you start? would you say that you started to notice other people noticing you? I think it was at 13, I think it was. Um, I was basically playing... Uh, it was a, There was an under-13 competition. And I played... The first game I played, I made 188... <laughs> In the first game I played, and from then on, it was just people. People always wanted to come and see. Well, when is when is little Hetty, it was basically little Hetty. So when when is little Hetty playing? When is he playing? I want to see him. This that and then then it was really me just going going out and do what I do best. But then it was just hitting the ball only. There was no basically no singles and stuff like that in between. It was just hitting sixes at the time. So really was just into just hitting boundaries growing up, really. Oh, so now I understand. So you, you were beating ball from young. This is, this is, <laughs> this is a nothing new. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but um, you made your first class debut for Guyana at, I think you were 17. You might have even been 16. Um, I think you were 16. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were just 16, maybe just about to turn 17 when you first played for Guyana. But had you, how, how had you come onto their radar? Was it something you were expecting? Cause to make your debut that young, you, you, you have to be packing some serious talent to play at that age. I have no, I had no idea to be honest. Um, at six, I think it was at 16 or 15. I had played, um, there was this competition I was playing and I was in the, the senior team for, for Barbies and um, one of the coaches was there, but I did I had no idea. And I went in and I think it was, I got 24 of the, of the first over of the game or something like that, or 20, 20, some, somewhere or some, something along that line. And he was actually there to see someone else and then... That that's where I was beat. That's where he saw me, and then that's where it basically came from, really. And then they, I think they, I thought, I think that from there they just kept kept on looking at what I was doing and my progress and stuff like that. And then that was really where it, it came from, where the push came from, because I wasn't really thinking about playing for the senior team at the time. I was just focusing on enjoying myself and 
really trying to get through youth cricket uh, uh, with as much runs under my belt as possible and um, basically just enjoying playing cricket because at the time that was really what what it was all about well mostly that was what it was about because you weren't being paid so it was just to to make sure that you enjoy the game enjoy enjoy every minute of it just make make friends and and stuff like that that was basically what i what i was planning and what i was thinking about at the time and when i actually did get did get the chance to represent Guyana at the time that was I think that was well, I was six, seventeen. I think it was was I think it was my birthday. wasn't was either sixteen or seventeen. It was close by, and then that was basically my first first class paycheck, uh, which was it was uh, at sixteen. It was pretty good for me actually. I was gonna say forget forget the IPL paycheck. When you when you got that first check, first check at sixteen, that was bigger than the IPL paycheck. Yeah, pretty pretty much it felt that way because um at the time I was it was basically just cricket, you know, and I had no idea that at the time that was you could have actually made that amount that amount of money with doing something that you love, and it's something that I really kept on working on my game, and I really kept on pushing and. Every day I try to do just a little bit better than I would have the day before. And um, I guess that's what really made me the person I am today. When you got into the Guyana setup, who were the players at the time that, I don't want to say you looked up to, but who were the players at the time you're like, wow, I'm in, I'm in the changing room with these guys and I, I can't even believe that that they're considering me uh, an equal or that I'm on the same level as them. Do you, if you get, if you catch my drift. At the time when I made my, when I played my first game, uh, I think Dion Ryan was around. Mm. Um, Shiv was there. Shiv was there as well, but I didn't think he, he had played that game. I think he had left and went to England. Um, there were some other guys that I actually played cricket within Burbies, like some good friends of mine, they actually made it a little a little bit easier. Mm. Um those mainly it and some of the guys that I played some of the guys I played with in Guyana as well. I played against them as well. So it was like not really a, like a, something strange because there were there were always guys there that really tried to help me. There was one guy, Devendra Bishu, he was always there, always pushing me to do to do extra Mm. Extra batting, extra fielding, extra running, and stuff like that. He was always just there, thereabouts, always just trying to help, and just giving me advice each and every day as I as I just started and stuff. And it really helped me along the way. And even Ryan Griffith, the coach as well, he they really pushed me to do the extra stuff to make to make my to make my transition from regular cricket in Guyana to playing first class cricket for Guyana a little bit easier. And it really helped. So uh, a lot of our listeners, uh, we have a lot of listeners, UK, America, but obviously it's a, they're all diaspora. A lot of them are diaspora listeners, uh, Caribs who are all over the world. And But for those who aren't Caribbean and possibly wouldn't understand, if you can just break down for us, uh, Hetty, how, how the domestic structure works in Guyana. So you obviously would have played for... Uh, Beast, but for those who don't understand how you play for Bird Beast, but another person's playing here, and how how does the structure work when you're coming up through Guyana? Uh, in Guyana, it's really club cricket is where it starts. But first, first, it's like you have it would start at school, really. But in Guyana, we we're trying to develop again to have back some school cricket. But when I had started, it was just a little bit. So it's cool, and you. Basically, you find a club, like club cricket. Mm. From club cricket, there is an interzone where there is, like, they're just playing in Burbies. So there's mm. something, there's this, where I'm from is New Amsterdam, Kanji. So it's, I'm from Kanji. And so mm. we have, like, a combination of teams, which is New Amsterdam. And then some people from Kanji, we come together and make one team. And then there's the upper quarantine, lower quarantine, West Burbies, and that's that's basically Burbies playing against the the best from New Amsterdam Kanji, lower quarantine, upper quarantine, West Burbies. 
mm. playing against each other. And then from then from there you basically pick your Barbies team. So then uh, you play for Barbies, you represent Barbies and then straight on to Ghana from then on. So it's like all of them you have like the prepar- like the preparation which is a camp that you have. So it's like a camp when you're there playing for the New Amsterdam Kanji team, a camp for the Barbies team. There's a camp for the guy in the team as well and then the official team is picked and when the team is picked that's where you basically go from playing from club cricket from school cricket club cricket to playing for Guyana. indeed and um many people won't know this about you and possibly only guyanese cricket fans would know this but um and i was i was actually gonna i was actually gonna bring this up much much later but i think it's a perfect time to bring in now obviously you've gone on to do a whole lot with your career, both for West Indies, franchise teams, Guyana itself, etc. But you've recently launched a, um, a trust and foundation to give to to, to give back um, in, in Burbies. And in fact, you've done a substantial amount um, for cricket in, in Burbies. And I'm not, I'm not saying to you, why are you doing that? I'm more saying, I guess that speaks to how much you value the process that, that got you to where you are. Uh, if I'm to be brutally honest, that was my wife's doing. Um, we were, I was in Dubai. We were having, I was there for PSL and she, she spoke to me about Guyana. Guyana had, there was this massive flooding in Guyana at the time. And we had a conversation over the phone and she was like, we could, we could be, probably help these people. Like, do something to help out instead of not just looking at it and reading about it on the internet and um i was because we we couldn't it's like something that we keep coming up with ideas but sometimes sometimes it's just sometimes it's just ideas but it was something that she had her heart set on so we basically spoke about it and then a few weeks after it, it came into play and it happened and um, from after, after seeing how it, it had really helped people and stuff like that, we really continue, we said we'll continue to do it as much as we can and as long as we can. And it's something that I see it, it helps even cricketers now that I'm seeing that it helps some young, some young players that's coming up and stuff like that. And even some of the lesser families that are in places that's flooded, they... They have like food hampers. They go in and they try as much as possible to help those families out and so on and stuff like that. And so far, it's been it's been it's been a success, and um, it's something that we will continue to do. And it's re and her and there's a this there's a guy there's the I think he's a part of the Guyana Cricket Board now, Mister Mister Hilbert Foster. He's he's played a massive part in the hampers and stuff actually being being around like just people have people being able to to get these hampers he has played a massive role in helping those families as well and even cricketers and stuff like that he does that he was even a massive part of my career as well Mm. because he was someone that actually helped me to to be more focused and more disciplined and what i have to do and stuff like that so it's really that that whole thing was basically my wife's idea as i said uh, you could you could understate your role, but you know what I do. I, I wanted to talk about that just because I think sometimes we can get fixated as as sports fans, and we're only talking about the the, the person and what they're doing on the field and so on and so forth. And we don't we don't often actually talk about the the good um, that that goes on on the field. So I thought it was important that people know that. But um, yeah, so we 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 look at your career and Shimon, and everyone everyone always talks about. The, the the World Cup, the twenty nineteen World Cup, but or twenty sixteen, sorry, um, under nineteen World Cup, and I'm not going to go into that too much, only to really talk on. And we had loads of questions on this, Shimron. Captaincy. So you captained our our winning under nineteen team, and it. I lost count of the number of people who messaged me saying, "When you speak to Shimron, ask him about." captaincy and does he one day hope to captain Guyana will he one day captain Amazon Warriors 
Does he see himself as a, as a future West Indies captain? So on and so forth. So Shimron, <laughs> I'm putting it to you. What, what, where are you with, with, with captaincy? And when you look back at the 2016 tournament, was that, did you see yourself as a captain? Like, did someone have to tell you your captaincy, your captain, captaincy material, or do you see yourself as that? Uh, 2016, no idea, to be honest. Um, because in t- uh, 2016, that was the last time I actually played on the 19s. And I did not captain Guyana at that, that year. So when I was told that I would be given the I would be given that base, that opportunity really to captain the West Indies, I was surprised and excited as well because I, I basically had never captained a big team, I would say, at the time. So I had some help and so on with some of the some of the my good friends that were there as well and the coaches and stuff. So it really helped they really helped the transition a little bit easier for me. And even the senior team, I had captain one game, uh, one Super 50 game, I think it was last year, and I won that game. <laughs> so it in it's the, it's there. It's just for me to be given the opportunity, but I'm really looking forward to it whenever it is it it, it is given to me because um, it's something that I'm I'm thinking about, but I'm not really trying to push it. I'm just trying right now. I'm just working on my game as much as I possibly can, you know, and to get back. To where I want to be in terms of being in West Indies team as a reg- as a regular person in the team and fitness wise and stuff like that. Just basically getting myself back to the point that I want to be and where I want to be in terms of all all wrong person really. I hear that completely, and I'm 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 gonna get into that. And actually, before I go there, just lastly on that World Cup, the Under Nineteen World Cup, you played. In and I think so. Yes, we're in. We're talking about you, but that team you played had Springer in it, Kimo, uh, Alzari, uh, Pope, Imlat, Gooley, whole bunch of players that have either made West Indies debuts now or they're, they're on the first class uh, list they seem. Other than yourself, <laughs> who was the most talented player in, the, in in that team when you were there as a nineteen year old? When you were looking around at that cohort before you won the tournament. Who within who did you think, boy, this person's talented? Like, for example, did you think Alzari's gonna play for the West Indies really, really soon? For for example. Yes, I did, actually. I actually had um hopes for, for all of the team, for every every single player of the team, because they they all had showed different uh they that uh, they could stand up in different parts of the game and different aspects. Like Alzari was our go-to fast bowler, out-and-out fast bowler. Springer was basically uh, our all-rounder our all that could either bowl in the middle, finish finish it, finish the game with the ball and with the bat. Kimo, the same. Imlak, the, sta- the stability guy, the guy that'll just go back through the innings for us. Um, Casey Carty, if Imlak, if Imlak gets out, he's the guy that would fill that, that would fill that spot. Uh, Gooley, a uh, little bit of an aggressor and an off-spinner. The team for me was well-rounded because everyone basically played their part in us winning the tournament and and uh, us having a good friendship off the field just made it a little bit easier because we would have played against each other for a number of years before I youth cricket. So playing with them... At that time, it was much easier for me because you had the support of some good friends and some fantastic players as well. You transitioned out of that World Cup, and before you knew it, you were in the West Indies team. Now, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you, Shimron. <laughs> so, when you debuted in Pakistan, obviously I'd heard of you, we'd seen the World Cup, but at the time, I was like, whoa. How's Shimon in the team already? <laughs> no, and that that didn't, that didn't mean I didn't think you were good enough, but I was like, that surprised me. So I wonder if it surprised you, <laughs> it surprised you as well that you that you that you made the jump that quickly. It did to an extent, but um, I was re- I was looking forward to it actually because I was play I was at the time I was in 
pretty I was playing only red ball cricket at the time, mm. so it was something I was working on and I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to stay at the creases for as long as possible and I really enjoyed just being out there and just making runs at the time. So when I got the call it was it was just after I, I had made I think it was ninety three against against Pakistan in a warm up game. Mm. Myself and Vishal Singh, we were we were both in the team. We both both played. I think it was that same game, or the, the three games in that series as well. Mm. So it was something that I was looking forward to. A little bit of a surprise for me, yes, but it was something that I was looking forward to as well. So you you make that debut. You go to New Zealand. You make runs there. Essentially, from there, you were. You, you you basically establish yourself from there, uh, both in Red Bull, White Bull, um, etc. Now, rather than we talk about the, the the great innings you've had, whether in Tests or ODIs, I'm guess I'm going to fast forward. Uh, in fact, let's 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 look at Red Bull first and foremost. Where do you see your 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 Red Bull career so far? Um, I know you said you want to make sure you get back in West Indies colours, but you've been you've been out of Red Bull for a while, um, both domestically um, and, and with West Indies. So wh- where do you see yourself in terms of Red Bull cricket? Um, Red Bull cricket for me, right? It's still something I enjoy playing. Um, it's really... I, the last time I played a Red Ball game, it was... Um, I think it was... This year, early this year, we played after Super Fifties. Yeah. We had a best, the best mm. versus best game. But I think it's for me. It's for me to play red ball. Really, it's really a mindset for me because um, at the moment, because of T Twenty cricket and so on, has been have been play, playing so many T Twenty cricket around the world, and um, it's something something that I have developed a likeness for. So it's something that so with test cricket again now i have to develop back that likeness for it again to just get back into it and continue to hit more red balls and stuff like that it's just for me to to start thinking back about it as i said it's just a mindset for me as it is yeah no no i I totally hear that and i think it's interesting because from I guess you're on the outside looking in at the test team right now. There will always be discussions about where you fit in if and when you you, you come back to the test side. But one thing that many people have discussed about you, Shimron, re-red ball cricket and probably in white ball cricket as well. Shimron, what's your best position? Because, and the reason why I've asked you that is because some people, and do you know what? I'm even going to, I'm going to tell on myself, even I've said it. Some people have said, why don't we make him run open? <laughs> then, then I saw you, then I saw you open um, in the T20 game, uh, T20, in the ODI game, because um, obviously Shay uh, uh, turned his ankle. Do, do you, can you open Shimron? <laughs> I can. It's, it's something that I used to do. Um, it was something that I did for my entire youth career, actually. Mm. So was, I opened from on the thirteens until I think it was senior cricket as well. I even opened, but uh, when I got into the test team and I, I batted three for the first, and that was for me that was actually the first time I batted a three when I was in the West Indies setup, and I developed a likeness for it because it was it's. For me, it's much easier batting a three because you could see, even if it's just one ball, you could still see what this, what that particular guy is doing and how big the ball swings and stuff like that. So after after that, I really said that, okay, I'll probably leave out opening batting for a little while mm. and um, just try and work on batting in the middle order. And so far, it's been it's been good for me. But yes, I do think I can. I, I would have... I, like even the last the last time that I opened, which was a few days ago, I actually enjoyed it to an extent. Although I did get out early, but I did enjoy it to an extent. So let me let me put this to you: scenario, right? <laughs> West Indies turn to you and they say, or selectors turn to you and they say, "Well, we need an opening batsman alongside Craig." 
and they turn to you. What are you, you going to say, Shimron? You, you're going to open in test cricket? Yeah, if, I don't if, have a problem. I'll, I'll take the challenge because I have... It's, uh, as I said, for me, it's just basically a mindset that I have to go in, go in with and with the, with the guidance of the Almighty as well, you know, because without him, nothing is possible, you know. So it's really a mindset that I have to go in with and just to prepare myself going to the nets and bat some, some swinging balls and stuff just to get yourself ready, get your foot your foot footwork in order and stuff like that and leaving more balls and stuff, you know. Mm. So, Shimron, I, you you must surely be expecting me to ask you. So, the the second no, that's a lie. So the 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 captaincy issue was the second biggest question I got. The number one thing everybody asked me about when I said, "Right, we're interviewing Shimron. What do people What do people want to make sure I ask about?" Was you um, being dropped from West Indies? Um, so 2020 Shimron, um, you were dropped, um, after, I think you played the Island series and then you didn't go to Sri Lanka. No, that's a lie. You went to Sri Lanka for the T20s, but you didn't go for the ODIs. Um, then, um, pandemic came, obviously different pullouts, which obviously everyone had their reasons and rightly so to not want to do stuff. So it's been a while Shimron, if we're going to be honest, it's been a while, um, for you and you coming back in now after having a good super 50 um you basically i know okay you went to new zealand in fairness for the t20s but i feel like you've been out of it for a bit shimron so i got a couple of questions on that one <laughs> i'm going to give you a hard-hitting question and then a reflective one one obviously the reasons that were given when you didn't goal for the odis was fitness failures um and then the second time round as well how much have you reflected on that, Shimron? How much, um, be as honest and as real as you can. How much do you look back and go, boy, I, I should have done better? Or where, where are you at with it? Uh, then it was, I would, I was just thinking that that was just, all of that was basically on me. Um, because at the, t- at the time, it was when it was the pandemic, during the pandemic, I, re- I really didn't really do much in terms of training-wise because there was not much available. Um, being, in the pa- being in the pandemic, you were really scared of uh, really catching, catching COVID at the time because there were no vaccines or anything that you could take. So it was no, at the time, there was nothing that could really stop you from getting COVID. So I really tried to stay home as much as possible, you know. And me being at home wasn't or didn't really give me the chance to do as much as I would have liked or what, or much as I should have. And then basically just after there was this, there was a test and I didn't pass the test because, well, basically because of the reason that I wasn't really doing as much as I should have. And then after I was dropped for that ODI series, I went back and then I was like, okay, this is, you shouldn't let this happen again. This shouldn't be a reason why you're not picked. And then I went and I worked and worked and worked. I think it was uh, two weeks after or a week after they said they would have done, they would have came to me to do the retest. And then I worked worked as hard as I could have for that week. And then the, the, the the following week I did, passed the test and I went down to Sri Lanka and did did some more running there again. I came back and I was like, okay, I'm in a good headspace. Physi- physically, I'm, I'm good as well. So I'll just keep this and just work work again. But then it the same thing came up again in terms of fitness. But it was for a completely different reason this time because when we were in New Zealand, I got hit in my head and... Mm-hmm. Um, I had basically, well, I basically couldn't have done anything because of the concussion and stuff. I wasn't really given the leeway from the, the, the physios had said for me to not do any phys- anything, any physical running because we don't know how how the impact was and how serious it could be in the future as well. So I was basically off trying to stay off my feet for as much as possible, just sitting, nothing, no real no, no big running or anything. If it's anything, just a little bit of cycling and, and that was it. And then I had the fitness test just before the Super 50s as well, which we played against 
Sri Lanka again in the Caribbean this time. That was just after, I think it was before the Super 50s I did one. Yeah. And then during the Super 50s I did another one that I had passed. But at the time, I think the team was already picked. So I would, so I had, couldn't really have done anything about that at the time because it was basically too late, too late at the time. So, you know, uh, all thing for me, all things considered, it's really, um, some it's the fitness wise is really something that I work extremely hard on now because I know how important it is in terms of playing playing all of these matches and stuff, just making sure that your body's in the right right order and how we how you actually want it to be because you don't wanna be playing and then you're injured and then you're out for a long time and stuff like that. So I try as much as possible now to do a lot of running, a lot of basically a lot of cardio. Uh, when I have when I have the chance, hit the gym, the pool, beach, whatever I can do, and just get as much as I can while I am on tour. And even when I'm at home, try to do as much as I can with help of my wife, because she pushes me to do more as well, which is which is something that I really love as well. And um, for me, it's really the more I do, it makes it much easier when it go when it's time to go on the field and perform, because you focus more. You're more in tune on what you have to do, and it's a little bit easier for you to carry out those those roles that you're required to. So let me let me throw this at you then, Hetty. Would it be fair to say that now you're back? Yeah, what am I trying to say? It now you're back. You're making up for lost time, so so to speak. Because I I I'm, I guess do you know what? Because I'm speaking for myself here. I feel like you needlessly lost a year um in the maroon whether it's on you or not the point is you lost a year when you should have been playing um for west indies so do you do you feel it's time to make up for any any lost time i don't to be honest um for me really like every i i just see it as every experience is something that you could it, it could either be a good or bad experience but it's something that you could learn from mm. So being dropped really opened my eyes in terms of how how big of a part that I could play for playing for West Indies. So it's something that I'm that I really learned from and I'm really starting to work as hard as I can as I said to make sure that I'm here every time there's a every time there's a West Indies team I'm trying to make sure that I'm there to be a part of it. Most definitely. And I, I think it would be fair to say when people look, and I said it at the top, so I'll repeat it again. When people look at the next generation of West Indies, certainly let's talk about batsmen, they're looking at hope. They're looking at you. They're looking at Puram. Um, remember, you. I don't need to tell you, but I'm telling you, you're only 24. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a long time left um, for, for you to make for you to make your mark. So um, it's good to hear. It's, it's, it's good to hear your reflections um, on all of that. And obviously, we're talking right now in the midst of we've had um, the 2020s versus South Africa and um, Australia. We're in the middle of the ODIs right now. Then Pakistan come. What? Plus, obviously, as you said, you had the Super 50. Um, where do you see your game right now? How happy are you um, with your game right now? I've, there's been a few knocks in the T20s where I see that your, your, your touch, I can see it. So how, 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 are you feeling? how are you feeling about your game? I'm always good about my game, to be honest. Even when I'm not making runs, I just try to make sure that I keep my game and my mindset as simple as possible because you don't want to be thinking about too many things when you, um, when you're, especially when you're not making runs. It's easy or much easier to really think about your technique, uh, bats, gloves, what, whatever it is. They, they, they're really the things that don't matter at the time. So... At that time, you just you try to, to not think about too many things. So as I said, right now, I think my game is at a good place. But it's always room for improvement. So that's why you have like training and practice. That's why you go to practice. You hit a few more balls to make sure that you you're, you stay in a good, a good frame of mind and you make sure that you're still hitting balls, playing the correct shots to correct balls and stuff like that. You have... Obviously, you're in your IPL is going to 
be later this year. And of course, CPL is coming up as well. In fact, actually, let me talk about IPL. Let me talk about CPL. Because if if Santoki was with me right now, I know exactly what he'd be saying to you. He The, the, the thing he would say right now, Hetty, is he'd say, Hetty, is this the year Guyana finally wins? <laughs> finally win CPL. That's that's what he'd want me to say right now. So actually let let's talk on CPL. What, what, what are you saying for um Guyana's chances this year, Hetty? Are, are you finally gonna get it oh obviously I'm Jamaican so I hope you don't but are you finally gonna get it over the line this year? I really hope to to be honest. Um it's been it's been one of those one of those roads playing for CPL that it's up down in circles it's playing for Guyana sorry it's all over the place as it is it's just heartbreaking to when you actually get to the finals and not win it and then it, it it's just something that you do at like when when you're finished and when you didn't win it's not it's not really something that you want to look back at but it's but it really helps you in terms of um knowing the pain of actually losing so when you do get the chance when you do win the the victory will feel much much better and the the reason i segue to 2020 and obviously we're we're in the midst of 2020 series um as well we have so many analysts all around the world who look at people like you and Nicholas Puran and say, this is where their strengths are, this is their weaknesses, so on and so forth. Now, Puran yesterday, um, after I think after the LDI win, was talking about how he targeted Zampra and wanted to take him down. And on commentary, uh, they were saying, uh, Nicholas Puran believes he can destroy any spinner, etc., etc. Fine, that, that's Puran. But let's talk on you. When we... When what do you consider your strengths? And I'm not saying give away your secrets, but when you're we, we've seen you do it for Delhi, we've seen you do it for RCB, for Amazon Warriors, etc. You you said you've said you've been hitting fours and sixes since you were young, but I'm intrigued. I want to get inside the the mind of Shimron Hetmeyer. When you're on song, and I saw you do it in Super 50, I'm trying to remember which side it was against. It's like you just clicked and said, "It don't matter who's bowling to me, I'm taking you all down." Um, so how does it work inside your head, Shimron? Are there particular types of bowlers where you say, I can destroy this kind of bowling no matter what? At times there is, but um, for me, when I'm in flow, it's when I could get a single off of every ball. Ah. That's really something that uh, I would have worked and worked and worked and continue to work on each and every day when I go out to the net. I just try to make sure that when I'm at the crease, I could get off strike as often as I would like. And after that happens, it's just basically everything flows for me after that. It's really... But if you're saying like who I would target, most times the ball spinning in because that's much easier. And... Uh, but the main thing for me is just to get off strike as much as possible. Mm. What has the... I mean, I think one of the questions I got was, um, please ask Shimron about his experience working with um, Ricky Ponting um, at Delhi. And I mean, last year for Delhi, I think you were coming in at six. This year, it's slightly different. So what's that What's that been like? It's been fun, actually. Um, he's really someone that, I, that you could learn a lot from once you sit and listen to him, really. It's, he really helps... You in whatever area you you could basically ask him any question and he's always there to help, which is always what you want as a as a player coming in as a young player going into any any cricket, even as a senior player. Once there's someone there that could lend some advice to you, or even even throw a few balls to you, and all that 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 on itself it really helps. And he helped me with my pull shot. I think it was in twenty nineteen. No. Uh, 2020 it was mm. last year where we were in Dubai and he was showing me like how he played the pull shot when he was playing and what he did and how he went about doing it and his thought process and stuff like that and I really that really helped me in terms of my thought process for the remainder of that year mm. when we played the IPL it was something that the guys did bowlers did to me and um Getting that advice from him, it really helped me to put away some of those balls and even get off strike to them. 
and then I, re- I did my best to take that to take that information back into West Indies and to, into my game and if excuse me and even when I was back with them this year when when they had actually called off he really that I really took back into that IPL season as well and it really helped as well so it's so much it's so many things that he would help you with it so it's it's too too numerous to mention really but there's mm. always ways that he would help you in that way I think we're, we're slowly bringing this um, to an end. Uh, a few more, just a few more, and we're, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. But um, the only, the, one of the reasons I asked you that, Re, Pontin and Delhi, is because the role you play for different franchises isn't necessarily the role you play for the West Indies. And I think some people might get confused because you might have like we've seen it already versus Australian South Africans, you might have Chris come at three, then you're coming at four for Guyana. You might come three for Delhi six before, or you've come five or whatever it might be. Um, How do you see your role for the West Indies? Do do you think it's similar to how you play for other franchises or is there a slight tweak and change? For other for other franchises like playing in PSL and IPL, it's completely different because mm. then it's basically you try to hit as many sixes or fours as you can. But playing for playing in playing for Guyana and playing for the West Indies, it's a li- it's much different because then the balls is the ball is basically swinging a little bit more and it's it's basically a little bit newer and harder as well. So you have to really take your time just to try as much as possible to take your time and then go whenever you're set so it's really two di- it's two different roles really but i really enjoy them because that that really helps me to think that i could either play shots or either or consolidate so mm. it's something that it's re- that i really try to put into my game when i when i'm out to bat but in this like playing right now because it's basically for the West Indies. My role is really to consolidate, to consolidate, and then go, which is something yeah. that I'm starting to enjoy a lot. No, I hear that, and then and that's that's kind of been clear to see in the game to seem. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this one up, Shimron, with three questions. Three questions. Um, that we two of them, which we always end every episode with. But the first one, I alluded to earlier on that you're 24. You turn 24. Five later this year, five years from now, Shimron. If when you're five years from now, you're looking back at your career, what do you want to have done? Uh, one thing I would have, I would like to have um, hundred against each international team. That's one. In, wait, in what um, format? Whatever format, just <laughs> one against each team, basically. Yeah, international team, really. Um, one CPL, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, one IPL as well. One C- continuous, like multiple series for West Indies as well. Really, it's really because I'm really looking at. For me, it's really once I do well in most cases and in most teams that I play in. Once I do well, the team does well. So. Mm-hmm. It's really something that I'm working on in terms of that of help of helping the team as much as I possibly can. Love that. So I, I end with the final two, and every guest who comes on, we ask them the same question. Question number one, Shimron: What is the best ground in the Caribbean to play at, but you cannot say anything in Guyana? For me, so far, like for this year, it's been Saint Lucia because the pitch was fantastic. Like it was lovely for batting. The outfield wasn't as as slow as I thought it would have been because it was pretty fast. Uh, there is out there is a win factor that really helps you as a batsman as well. And it's it but the the bumps as well. It's really consistent. So it's easy for stroke play. So you could play through the line or go across the line and all while you know that the ball is always there for you. Always presented. The ball is always there, basically presented, presents itself for you to play shots. Mm. 
we often hear St. Lucia, actually. I, I, I've not seen it and I've never been, but it's going to have to be on the list because everybody, it seems lots of people say St. Lucia. But the final question, you spoke about how you want centuries against every team. Well, you, you've got five ODI centuries for a start, but um, in your short career thus far, who has been the best bowler you've faced? I've, I've seen you take down nearly everybody at some point, but... Who's the one bowler you faced where you thought, you know what, you are a problem? <laughs> Who is that? Uh, so far, it's only been Ferguson, Lucky Ferguson. That's some. Um, that's he's been. So far, he's been a challenge for me. Um, there's probably some others that I can't remember this time, but he's at the top of the list for me, really. Lucky Ferguson. I don't, do you know what? There's gonna be some people listen to that and go, "Wow!" I I thought they would have probably thought it'd be someone else, but I can totally see. Was it Lucky who hit you on the? Was it Lucky who hit you on the um, on the helmet in, uh, yep, New, Zealand? in New Zealand? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I understand then. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Shimron? As I as I suspected, um, that 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 was awesome. You were like completely on honest. Um, told us anything and everything that that you you wanted to say you know and i just want to say thank you for uh for coming on the caribbean cricket podcast obviously like i said at the top you're in the middle of um series right now t20s odis etc so all the best um with that we're, we're we're watching all around the world uh wanting you to do the best for the west indies it's great to see you back in the maroon all the fans are are, are, are glad to see you back so long may that continue but thank you for coming on shimron much much appreciated yeah cheers no problem i'm always here just to send just to send a message um and i'll go i'll be on uh, no worries well you, you heard that there first ladies and gents shimron said anytime but ladies and gentlemen that's been episode 47 of the caribbean cricket podcast thank you and good night good night